Well, good evening. So good to see you again. It's a great worship service this morning. Glad to have you back. You would turn to Luke chapter 18. Last week we began a series looking at our core values. I think it's good every now and then to get back to the basics. I think we see that in just about every walk of life, don't we? I mean, you look at sports. Even the most accomplished athlete gets back to the basics. When you have baseball players that gather for spring training every year, where do they spend the first few weeks of spring training on? Catching ground balls, throwing the ball, hitting the ball, all those basics. Basketball players always focus on free throws. They still focus on the fundamentals. And it's good for us as Christians to do the same because it's so crucial that we take these spiritual disciplines and make them holy habits in our lives. You know, prayer is one of those subjects we can talk about every day, all day, and still never really get to the root of or the heart of, at least in a practical way, because all of us know we should pray, all of us know at least somewhat how to pray, but we still struggle in prayer, I think. And so let's look at something uh, involved in prayer tonight that I think we often miss. Look at Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 1. It says, Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponents. For a while he was unwilling. But afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on the earth. It was F.B. Meyer that once said, The tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but rather unoffered prayer. And yet here in Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells a parable about a poor widow woman who wouldn't give up until her request was granted. Here's what we find out about the woman. She had an enemy. She had a real need. She couldn't fix it herself. She was persistent. And she eventually got what she wanted, right? Here's what we know about the judge. He didn't fear God. He didn't respect man. He wasn't righteous. He didn't care about the woman or her need, and he was unwilling to help at first. So although this woman was a vulnerable, poor, widow woman, the judge was not moved by her case. And the only reason he helped her anyway was for selfish reasons, because he was tired of being bothered by her. And so what we see is this unrighteous judge and a woman coming to him day and night, nagging him, saying, give me justice. And finally, he relents and does so, so he doesn't have to deal with her anymore. What was Jesus driving? What was he trying to tell us through this parable? I think it's simple. I think he was trying to say persistence pays off. I think he was trying to say that you need to be persistent in your prayers. Here's this widow woman who would not leave an unrighteous man, an unholy judge, alone until he answered her request. He kept putting her off for a while, but she was so incessant with her plea that he could not ignore her. And if an earthly judge who is unrighteous, who doesn't care anything about a woman's needs, if he will do that, if he will grant her request, how much more would a holy, 
and righteous God. Now, there's some things that you pray about over and over again. I'm sure there are with all of you. All of us have those certain things that we pray about over and over. At least once a day, if not several times a day. Maybe your health. Maybe you pray about your health over and over again. Maybe you pray about your kids. I pray about my kids every single day. Every single day I pray for their spiritual livelihood. I pray for their future spouses. I pray for this church every day. Every single day I pray for Oldham Lane. And that prayer covers a, a wide gamut of things, but I pray for you. I pray that, that you will be strong in the Lord, that you will be trustworthy servants of God. I pray sometimes that I won't mess it up. I believe in prayer. I believe in persistence in prayer because I've seen it work, and I believe it because God talks about it here and tells us very plainly that we should be persistent in prayer. Paul says it in Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. He says, I keep asking. Apparently, Paul didn't think it was good practice to ask God for something one time and just leave it alone. He says, I keep asking. I hear people say, well, God knows everything that, I, that I, I'm going to pray anyway, so you know, why keep coming to Him? And of course, based on that reasoning, why to go to God anyway? Ever, right? Why, why pray at all? But the Bible tells us to be persistent in prayer, to continually come to God, to keep coming back. Now, is Jesus saying that, that like this persistent widow, we need to nag God until He finally gives in and does what we want Him to do? Obviously, that's not the point. Maybe our prayer life should be about something bigger than just asking things from God. Do you think? What does prayer do for us anyway? What does persistence in prayer do for our lives? How does it affect our faith? And don't just say, well, it, 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 it gets what we want out of God. It's bigger than that. Many people treat prayer like it's a shopping list or like it's a Christmas list, but there's more to it, right? We're missing the bigger picture because prayer is a window to my faith. The things that I ask for, the things that I pray about, say a lot about my faith in Jesus, right? Am I willing to accept your will be done? Whatever the answer, am I willing to accept that answer? Prayer also tests the rightness of the things I ask for. If I continue to ask for something, after a while I may wake up to the reality that, you know what, that thing I'm asking for is not really the right thing. I need to be praying a different prayer, and so prayer can test the rightness of things. Prayer tests our sincerity. It tests our patience. It tests our faith, doesn't it? Persistence is about not giving up. When we refuse to quit, when we're patient, when we allow God to work on His timeline and according to His will, it tests our faith like nothing else. And prayer directly affects our spiritual growth, which is why we're talking about it. It strengthens our core being. It makes us better people. It makes us better Christians. It makes us better servants. It strengthens us. It's the cardio workout when it comes to our strength training. It's the cardio portion of it. Prayer is an exercise, and it's good for the heart. It keeps our heart close to God and thus beating strong. It keeps our heart in rhythm. You've heard me say it a trillion times, but prayer is spiritual breathing. It keeps us alive, spiritually. Here's what I gather from the parable that Jesus told. Number one, we are the widow. 
And number two, God is not that judge. That's what I get out of it. We are that vulnerable, poor, destitute widow, and we have an enemy, right? And that enemy is on the prowl. He is constantly seeking someone to devour. Unlike the one in Jesus' parable, though, our judge is not a jerk. Our judge is holy. Our judge is, is one that seeks our good and what's, what's best for us, right? But here's something else. God is not like the judge in Jesus' parable. He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to bother Him, if you will. And, and He wants us to make our request before Him more than once, but to persistently come to Him. I, I can remember when I was really young, my, my dad uh, worked the 3 p.m. to 12 o'clock midnight shift at Emerson Electric as a supervisor. He worked hard. He came home. Sometimes he worked overtime and wouldn't get home till 1 or, or 2 in the morning. Got up at 5 or 6 the next morning, and he was a prop buster. And he did that on the side. That was his passion. That's what he loved to do. And so in order to see my dad, especially when school was out, my dad would take, him, take me with him. And he would pay me 25 cents to clean off his window when he would land and, and, uh, and get filled up again. Sometimes he would get out and he would sit under the wing of the plane and try to catch a nap. I don't know how he functioned as he did with the precision that you have to have to fly an airplane in, in that way. Sometimes he let me flag. Back then you didn't have GPSs. So I stood out there with an umbrella, waved a flag to tell him this is the row you need to go down, right? Number one, this is the field you need to be in, but this is also the road you need to go down. But I can always remember, no matter how tired he was, he, he tried to make time for me. He'd talk to me on the radio if I called him. He would, when he landed, he'd come over and make sure that I was okay. He'd tell me to sit in his lap while he was, while he was landed for a while before he had to go back up. And I think of that as an image of our Heavenly Father, that He wants us to come to Him. He tells us to come to Him. We serve a king, but we serve a king that lets us, that's also our father, right? And lets us be near him and wants us to be near him. Many don't persist in prayer because they don't see immediate results and they give up too easily because they feel as though God is not listening to them. Like when someone keeps calling you. I get at least four or five calls a week from this, this place telling me that, that they're concerned about my car warning. And I block it every time, and they call from a different number over and over again to where I've gotten to where I don't even answer it. They're hounding me. They're nagging me, and I don't want anything to do with them. And there are people who feel like God is that way. If I continue to nag him and bother him, eventually he's just going to get tired of me and turn me off. That's not how our God works. We have a God that wants us to come to him. And the message throughout Scripture is very clear. Don't stop praying. It, it, it's a message that we find reiterated other places in Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul writes, pray without ceasing. That phrase there, without ceasing, doesn't mean uninterrupted. It means that which is constantly recurring. In other words, prayer is to be something that occurs over and over again, especially at regular intervals. Romans 12, 12, Paul encourages the brethren to be devoted to prayer, right? The word used for devoted there, post-cartereo, means to be steadfast or continue steadfastly in a thing. It means to give unremitting care to, to persist at or remain with. In contextual with people, it means to be loyal to. Ephesians 6, 18, with all prayer and petition, 
pray at all times. In Luke 11, 9, Jesus states, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Each of those verbs there, ask, seek, knock, appear in the present tense active voice in the Greek language, which indicates that they are continuous or ongoing. In other words, Jesus is saying, keep on asking, keep on knocking. Keep on doing those things. Be persistent. The message is strong and repetitive throughout Scripture. Be persistent in prayer. Don't give up. Don't quit. I can attest to this. You can too, I'm sure. Many of you have prayed for things and you were persistent in that prayer. And eventually that prayer was answered. Maybe not exactly the way you thought it would. Now think about what I've shared with you about my father, how long I prayed for his spiritual livelihood. Took a couple of heart attacks to get his attention, but still, that's answered prayer, right? Persistence is key. Jesus brings the point home in his parable by asking three questions. He says, will not God bring about justice? The answer is yes. Will he keep putting us off? The answer is no. Will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? Maybe. That depends on you and me, does it? Depends on us, what he finds. Will we be a praying people? Will we make prayer a vital part of our livelihood? Will we depend on God and go to Him in full faith and trust? The unjust judge delayed his answer for unjust reasons, but not God. Not God. The judge that we serve, the just judge, delays his answers if he delays them for righteous reasons. We know that God is not like the unjust judge but what will we do when it seems like He is? When it seems like our prayer is not answered, when we're persistent and it, and it feels like God is not listening to us, how will we respond to that? What will we do in those situations? Will we keep on asking? Will we seek an answer? Or do we just close out everything else and wait for the answer that we expect or that we want? I heard a story about a pilot that was having some trouble with his plane and he was about to go down and he he radioed the tower and he said, uh, that tower, this is, you know, so-and-so and I'm uh, I'm descending fast. I'm, I'm about 30 miles from the airport. I'm about 600 feet above ground and uh, I need your help, over. And the tower responded, here's what you do. Repeat after me. Our Father, who art in heaven, you better start praying because you're not going to make it. And sometimes that is really the only option, it seems, is I just go to God in prayer. I don't have any other option. I just, I just got to pray, right? But sometimes we pray and then we don't step out and we continue to pray. And, and I think we need to throw this caveat in there. Be persistent in prayer, but there's a time when you stop praying. There comes a time when you stop praying and you start doing if you walked into your house and you smelled smoke and you looked around and you saw that the kitchen was on fire, would you hit your knees and pray at that moment? If you look out the window and you see a toddler playing in the street without any adult supervision, you stop and pray? You know, there comes a time that you pray and there comes a time when you start doing, right? So we have to look at this from another viewpoint, and that is there's a time that you get off your knees and you go out in action. How many times have you been talking with someone and they had a need and maybe you were able to meet that need? Maybe you, it was well within your means to meet that need. And what do you say? I'll be praying for you. 
and you don't, and you had no intention of praying for it. Maybe it's someone who could use something that you have and you wouldn't have missed it, but still, you, you don't take the time, you don't expend the energy, and you just say, I'll pray for you. So many times that is, it's a cop-out answer, right? I'll pray for you. It sounds good. But there's a time that you stop praying and you start doing it. In Acts 22, 12 through 16, we read these words. A certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law and well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing near said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very time, I looked up at him. And he said, the God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear and utter it from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to all men of what you have seen and heard. Now, why do you delay? Get that? Now, why do you delay? Get up. Get up and be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on his name. In other words, why are you waiting? And Ananias says, stop praying. It's time to do something. The time for prayer is over. Saul needed to take action by getting up, getting baptized, and receiving the forgiveness of his sin. In Exodus chapter 14 and verse 15, we see the same thing. God says these words to Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. In other words, stop praying and get to work. It's time for action. It's not that God is frowning on prayer here. He's just saying it's time to do something. It's time to move forward, right? Rise up and go. So there's a time for action. There's a time when we get off our knees and have to do something in response. Don't allow prayer to be an excuse or a substitute. Prayer is a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a vital thing to our spiritual livelihood. So pray but also act. But if you remember Charles Hodge, he used to say, pray as if everything depends on God, work as if everything depends on you. And I think that's kind of the balance, isn't it? Pray as if everything depends on God, work as if everything depends on you. There are some things that we lay at God's feet because they're just out of our hands and we're incapable of handling those things ourselves. Sometimes prayer is the only thing that we can do. We are totally incapable of doing anything more. We've exhausted every resource, but taking it to God doesn't always mean that you excuse yourself. Persistence is important, but it doesn't mean that you're off the table. Let me ask you, assess your prayer life. What, what are the things that you are praying for? What do you pray for? Your health? Your children, like you talked about a while ago. Maybe you pray for your spouse. I hope you pray for your spouse. Maybe you pray for the, the strength to forgive someone. Maybe you pray that God will grant you the courage to, to preach the gospel. Hopefully you pray for opportunities to do so, right? That God will put someone in your path so that, so that you can approach them with the gospel. Do you, do you pray for wisdom? Do you pray for a friend or a family member to come to Christ? Or maybe you pray for a, a closer walk with God? I want to encourage you to add something else to the list. Pray for persistence. Pray that you continually come to God in prayer, that, that you have grit and determination to continually come to God in prayer. I mean, what do you do when you come to the end of your rope? Do you give up? 
Hopefully not. When you come to the end of your rope, you tie it around your waist and you, and you, you, you grab on tighter, right? When it seems like things aren't working out, when it seems like you have no other options, when it seems like God's not listening, pray. We talked about a couple of weeks ago, we are in a spiritual battle. And do you know how we fight this battle? On our knees. You cannot get through this life and you cannot win this battle without going to God in prayer. You fight on your knees. It bothers me because so many times we talk about facing the devil and we talk about storms in life and we talk about all these things and we talk about surviving, right? And certainly that's part of it. You know, it's March Madness right now. What do they always say? What's the slogan for March Madness if you're one of the teams in the tournament? Survive in advance, right? You just survive in advance. Doesn't matter how you win, you just got to win and you move on to the next one, right? Survive in advance. Yes, there's a sense in which we survive the attacks of the devil, but there's a sense, too, where we need to be aggressive. Why are we not more aggressive in attacking the devil? Why do we wait for him to come at us and hope that we're prepared when he does? It's like when I was coaching basketball, if I knew that there was a team that was really good, I wasn't going to sit back and let them come to us. We were going to attack them. I mean, if we're going to lose by 50 anyway, what does it matter, right? We're going to make sure that we're giving you everything we got and we're attacking you with everything we have. Why are we waiting for the devil to come to us? Why are we trying to hunker down and just let this pass over? Let's be aggressive. And one of the ways that we're aggressive is through prayer. Aggressively going to God through prayer. Persistently going to God through prayer. Saying, give me the strength. Give me the courage. Give me the boldness. Give me whatever it takes to make it through this life so that I can be with you for eternity. Don't quit. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep praying. And remember this. Not all of your prayers have been answered. Yet. Yet. And that's a key word in all of this. Some of your prayers have been answered and you refuse to see the answer. Some of them have been answered with the answer you didn't like. But some of your prayers haven't been answered yet. So keep praying. And if we can help you tonight by praying for you, then let us do that. Maybe you're not a child of God. Maybe you're ready to, to take that next step. You want to study the Bible with somebody. Let us help you with that. I'm not doing the funeral for Wayne Newman, but one thing that, uh, that I'm sure will be said is that uh, if Wayne could say one more thing to us, I know what he'd say. Be prepared. Be ready. I know Wayne is a godly man. I know he's prepared. Are you? Be prepared. There's no reason not to be, right? Life is fleeting. It can end at a moment's notice. Tragically, be ready. Come as we stand and as we sing.